0: Then they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James son of Alphaeus, and Simon son of Zelot, and Judas the son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the, the women and the Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with, and with his brothers. <clears throat> In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120, and, then, and said, Brothers, the scripture has to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through the mouth of David concerning Judas, who served as a guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our numbers and shared, and, and shared in his ministry.
1: With the reward he got for his wickedness, Judas bought a field. There he fell headlong, his body burst open, and all his intestines spilled out. Everyone in Jerusalem heard about this, so they called that field in their language, Akeldama, that is, field of blood. For, said Peter, it is written in the book of Psalms, May his place be deserted, let there be no one to dwell in it, and may another take his place of leadership. Therefore, it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. So they proposed two men Joseph, called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias, so he was added to the eleven apostles. O
2: oh Lord, have mercy on us.
3: Be to God. We... We accept men's testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God, which He has given about His Son. Anyone who believes in the in the Son of God has His testimony in his heart. Anyone who does not believe it, God has a uh, has made out of it for to be a liar, because he has not believed the testimony God has given about his Son. And this is the testimony God has given us, eternal life. And the life, this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Write these things in the, into you who be, live, believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know what that you will have eternal life. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he, hear, he who hear us, and if we know that he hear us, whatever we ask, we know
2: there that we have that we ask of him. The Holy Gospel appointed for this morning is recorded in John chapter 17, beginning at verse 11. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me. So that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that the scripture would be fulfilled. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word. I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. Good morning. Good morning. I shake my hand. I'm shake my hand. Oh, you got a band-aid on, don't you? What happened there? Not talking. Okay. Good morning. How's everybody today? Oh, yes, you want to shake your hand, and yes, we're happy to shake hands. Today's a pretty special day, isn't it? Yeah? Is it your birthday? No,
0: it's
2: Mother's Day. Oh, it's Mother's Day. My goodness. And where is your mother sitting today in church? Can you see her? Can you wave, Wave down. Wave down. There you go. You know, what a special blessing it is that God gives us mothers. Because without mothers, you and I wouldn't be here today, would we? We wouldn't be here today. But God has given us these wonderful, wonderful ladies that we can call mom. What are some things you love about your mom? Hmm? What are some things that you love about your mom? Tough one, huh? Nothing? You don't like anything about your mom? Huh? Oh, come on. What's one thing you like about your mom? She cuddles with you. Awesome. Awesome. I bet you like that little cuddle time, don't you? What's something you like about your mom? She's listening. <laughs> Better be good. That's hard. Okay. Well, does she get to school? Does she get you to school on time? She gets you to school on time. There, I helped you out with that one. Well, you got one. You said there, young man. What's that? Flowers. Flowers. You love your mom's flowers. Okay god has given us mothers mothers have given us earthly life and god blesses earthly mothers with the gift of children and we are so happy today that we can gather together on this day and rejoice that we have wonderful loving caring godly believing in jesus mothers you knew it was mother's day who told you Your dad, okay, that's good. Your dad's a smart man, yeah. So anyway, to help you celebrate Mother's Day, I've got a little puzzle that I'm going to send you off with. And uh, it's a little puzzle you can do. uh, You can do it when you get home, or you can do it when you go back and sit down where you're going to be seated with your mom and dad. Thank you for coming up, and make sure you hug your mama and tell her how much you love her today, especially on Mother's Day. God's grace and peace be yours in Jesus Christ this morning. And let me begin by wishing all of you who are mothers a very blessed Mother's Day to you. How could we ever, ever do do what we do without the encouragement and the support and the love and the prayers and the care of our moms who saw to it? that we were godly children. Here you are, in no sense, because of your mom. There would be, where would we be, though, without those loving mothers? Where would we be? They've given us the desire, the determination to live our lives in faith and trust in Jesus. I am blessed, although my mom is deceased, I am blessed to have had a godly mother. A mother who loved to go to church, a mother who loved to sing the praises of the Lord. And as you have occasion in your own prayer life, lift up your mother if she's still alive, lift her up in prayer. Kids, you can lift your moms up in your own prayers. So blessings to all of you who are mothers. I have a question I'd like to ask this morning. How often doesn't something like this happen in the lives of God's people? You encounter someone who's bearing a heavy burden in their life. Maybe you can think of someone right now that you know who is bearing a heavy burden in their life. They come to you, or you go to them, to give them a word of encouragement. And as you're speaking with one another, you listen patiently. You listen lovingly. And you try to empathize with their circumstance as best you can. And before parting company, you encourage him or her with these words. I'll be praying for you. Have you ever said that to anyone? I'll be praying for you. I'm reminded of the refrain of a once popular Michael W. Smith song. How many of you remember Michael W. Smith? Particularly in his earlier years. He had a song called Pray For Me. Do you remember that song? In that song, Michael W. Smith sang of faithful friends who were about to part company for some time. And these were the thoughts that he was expressing, albeit in song. He's saying, pray for me and I'll pray for you. Pray that we will keep the common ground. Won't you pray for me and I'll pray for you. And one day, love will bring us back around. You know, it wasn't unusual in the life of Jesus for our Lord to separate himself at a time from his followers. Sometimes he would go out into a lonely place, a solitary place, and he'd spend entire nights in prayer. Have you ever spent an entire night just in prayer? Sometimes Jesus would go and do that for as many as 40 days in a row. And in those circumstances, he would place himself in an intimate fellowship with the Heavenly Father through his prayer. And unless our Lord told them, the disciples would have had no idea at all what he was praying for. No clue at all what Jesus had spoken in those countless hours of fervent prayers. And on one of those occasions, Jesus prayed what has come to be known as the High Priestly Prayer. It's found in John chapter 17. And within the context of that prayer, He prayed these words in such a way that actually actually the disciples were able to hear Him. And they had, as it were, a first-hand look or an ear into the heart of God through the words that Jesus himself was praying. In other words, they would have captured a sense of those things most important to our Lord as he uttered them in prayer. You and I today are blessed as well to be given those same insights because the Holy Spirit saw fit to inspire these prayed words of our Lord and to have them written in Scripture. And what Jesus petitioned the Father on the disciples' behalf long ago, guess what? Jesus petitions on behalf of you and me today, before the Heavenly Father in the very same way. So let's listen in for a few moments to what these prayed words of our Lord sounded like. Holy Father, keep them in your name which you have given me. Dear Jesus, praise that you and I be kept spiritually safe and secure in the power of the Father's name. When you were baptized, what did the pastor pronounce in the act of baptism? I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. What a blessing it is that you and I have been baptized into the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Jesus prays for you and me even now. The name to which Jesus refers is the divine name of God. It's called Yahweh. And the infinite power that is inherent in that name of God, who is the God of all creation. And associated with the name of God are all of God's gracious promises. Have you ever read Scripture? Portions of Scripture? You come across the promises of God. Promises that God makes on your behalf. Promises that involve His love and His care of you and the salvation that comes to you as a gift. These all flow to you and to me out of the glory and the power of the name of God. And out of the power of God's name also proceeds the unity of His people, the oneness of all of you gathered together here under the name and the power of Jesus Christ. All who by faith are given to proclaim Jesus to be their Savior and their Lord are in God's eyes one body, one united body of Christ. And we gather together on a day like today as the priesthood of believers, blessed with so many gracious and good gifts of God's and callings through which we are enabled to worship God, to serve God, to honor God. Our unity as the people of God is a visible reflection of the unity of the divine trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus goes on further to pray that the Father would give His people, you and me, the very Word of God. The Word of God by which you and I can know God as God reveals Himself to us in that Word. A Word of God by which we worship and praise Him for his faithfulness and his blessings that are poured out upon us each and every day of our lives. And we as his people are given the blessing of proclaiming the kingdom and the power and the glories of God to other people to pass along what we have come to know about our Heavenly Father. Jesus also prays in his high priestly prayer that the Father would keep us and all faithful worshipers of Jesus Christ from the evil one, from the power and the wiles of Satan. Now this particular petition of our Lord might confuse us, for it often seems in my life and in, I suppose, your life as well, that Satan is always knocking on the door. Satan is always trying to get a foothold in your life and mine. Everything that he can do within his power to draw you and me away from Christ, that's his work. And in the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples and us to pray, we boldly stand before the Lord and we petition him, deliver us from evil. In other words, deliver us from the wiles of Satan. You and I know all too well that the evil in our lives germinates from within our own sinful natures. And it often erupts into prideful, self-centered, raw disobedience against God and His Word. That's part of the battle that we as His people fight. And as we come to grips with our own sin, we cry out to the Lord for forgiveness. We cry out to the Lord for cleansing. We cry out to the Lord for restoration and renewal. Forgive me my trespasses, we pray. And cleanse me from all unrighteousness. In these words, you and I are reminded of Jesus' own prayer for you and for me spoken from the cross. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. That prayer wasn't uttered only about the Roman soldiers who were in the act of putting the Lord to death on the cross. That same prayer was about you and me who by nature are sinful and unclean as we confess. Father, forgive them. It's an overwhelming thought, a thought that is as wonderful as it is true that Jesus was specifically thinking about you on the cross of His crucifixion and also when He uttered those words of His high priestly prayer. You see, after he pleaded with his Father for the continued safety of the faithful people of God, he pleaded also that we would be faithful to Him. His vision kind of swept across the coming ages, which brings us to this day and this moment. And the Lord can see the countless people who were yet to believe in Him through the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of God's Word. Jesus, in His high priestly prayer, was envisioning you. He was envisioning me. And it's as though our Savior was pointing His finger at each and every one of you seated here in the Lord's house this morning. And that He's saying to us this morning, I'm praying. I'm praying for you. How incredible is that? How comforting is that? How reassuring it is to know that even when you are praying on your own behalf, Jesus is also praying for you and with you. Reverend Warren Graff, a pastor and a friend summarizes our Lord's high priestly prayer by making this important observation. It is the prayer of Jesus Christ for us and for all his church that, number one, sin would be met with the word of forgiveness. That, number two, that shame would be overthrown by the Lord's word of power and honor. Number three, that division and enmity would be cast out by His word of reconciliation and oneness and that everywhere, everywhere among His people, they would be protected from all false teaching and kept safe and secure in the power of His name. That, by the grace of God, is the essence and the intercession that Jesus prays for his church. And by Jesus' gift to us, that's our prayer too. Before Jesus ascended into heaven, he reassured his disciples, and by extension, assures you and me that he is with us always to the very end of the age. And until his return, He tells us in his word that he is advocating in prayer for you and for me before his Father in heaven. What that means for us today is that he's actually advocating for us even now, especially as we gather together here in this place as his people. Let's give thanks to the Lord. Yes, for our salvation that even now by his prayers, you and I are being preserved in the one true saving faith. He has called you to that faith by the gospel. He has sanctified you in the truth by his word. And Jesus, the Lamb of God, the good shepherd of his flock, takes away the sins of the world is praying for you. God grant it for his sake and to Jesus alone be all glory and honor and praise. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.